Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Part 1 Depression Podcast. Here I am. My name is Zan Qureshi. I'm here with my colleagues, Jacob, Paige, and Jasmine. And we are going to talk about the current state of the world and the world's mental health, mainly doing with depression. So, what is the state of the world right now? Currently, the entire planet is under quarantine from the COVID-19 pandemic. Unfortunately, this has caused the entire world for over a year now to be under isolation, causing people to not interact socially, to have an entirely online presence, and simply spend time online more than they would be outside or spending time with people normally. This has been having a very large effect on the depression levels of many people all over the planet, with 8.5% of adults before the pandemic saying that they have depression symptoms. Now, during the pandemic, 27.8% of adults are suffering from depression, as well as this affecting our young children, causing them to have online classes, not being able to hang out with friends, etc. affecting young children, not being able to have close distance with people. This can be fixed with parents practicing self-care for themselves so they can give all the uh, attention that they can to their children as well. School-aged children uh, needing support with all their schoolwork and teenagers uh, needing to have that support, possibly watching movies and listening to music with their parents to replace that time with that they can't have with their school friends. So I would like to open up the discussion with the question, is depression always there or does it come and go? So for me, I mean, I think depression is, you know, depending on the person, it can be there all the time and just, you know, be hidden or, you know, it's sometimes seasonal. Like for me, mine is mainly seasonal. It just kind of depends on what is going on. So a lot of times during the summer, you know, it's happy time. It's, you know, joyful. It's sunny outside. You want to be outside. And, you know, during the the winters, it's kind of, you know, more staying inside, being kind of by yourself. So for me, it's kind of seasonal. But I don't know how it is for everyone else. I know for me, having a pet, you know, having a dog is a main thing to help me cope with that depression. So my um, my big old boxer helps me a lot with, um, you know, coping with that and bringing my, my joy up. Um, so I don't know for anybody else if they have pets that, that do the same thing. I can agree with that. You know, I think uh, having a pet, having animals is something that can really combat depression when it comes to feeling down or feeling that loneliness or that alone feeling. Having a, a cat or a dog certainly has an effect, especially um, a dog can be very active, can be actively like, hey, uh you're feeling bad but hey i'm i'm here i'm uh, i'm real happy right now and then they can be then you can feel that emotion and be like wow 
I, I'm just having a great time with my dog right now. That My entire feeling has changed. Same with cats. I have cats. I have two cats. Uh, I've had them for a very long time. They are eight and nine. Um, anytime I'm feeling depressed or upset, uh, my, one of my cats is nearby. And I can just be like, hey, how's it going, man? Let me, <laughs> how was your day? Uh, let me tell you about my day. And then after a while, it's just like, a snuggle session? Sure. Okay. Thanks, cats. Great. Yeah, I know for me, it's just like, it, it's something to look forward to. So whenever I go, you know, right now I'm in class and going to work. So it, it just kind of gives me something to look forward to to come home. So like, you know, whenever I walk in that door, my dog's going to be there to greet me. He's going to be happy to see me. And, you know, it's just another life that's basically in your hands that loves you unconditionally. Like, animals love you unconditionally. And that's just a huge part and happiness is just knowing that you have somebody else there to, to love you. Um, so I know that helps a lot. Definitely, because whenever I went over to my freshman year, I went up to Ohio Northern University. And um, when I came back, it, it was a, a really a shock, because when I was up at, up at Ohio Northern, I played football and ran track. And when I came home, I didn't have that, you know, going to practice every morning, then you go straight to school, then you got meetings, and it's just like your whole day is planned out from the time you wake up to the time you go back to bed and coming home it was it was a huge change from you know having a structure to not having any structure at all so like getting you know my dog freddie that was huge for me because now i have something else to depend on i have something else you know to, to help me focus, you know, different ways of, of I got to come home, I got to go take him for a walk, I got to feed him. It, it's, it's just huge for, I think, for anybody to, you know, have a pet and cope with different ways. You know, absolutely, I agree with that because not having a pet, not only do you depend on them for having that enjoyment, that connection, that companionship especially with a dog that companionship with any pet it's they depend on you that is a for the people that are having a much more severe go of depression when they feel like life has no meaning if they have a pet they have there is a reason for them to keep going they have to take they want they need to take care of that pet especially that they need to take care of that pet and that pet takes care of them in return emotionally and it's a very positive relationship, and I think uh, having a pet absolutely does. A dog, cat, any a hamster, a fish, any sort of pet can really have that positive effect. I know with uh, my history of having pets, one of my first pets was a bird. Uh, I don't, I never really had a real interaction with that bird, but I remember one night that I will never forget when it was around midnight and I was supposed to be in bed. I was like maybe seven, six or seven at the time and my parents were freaking out and my brother told me that the, the parrot 
got out of the cage and it was flying all over the house. No one knew what to do. So I remember seeing the parrot flying all over our basement and after a while we got it. But I remember that was a very fun, funny time for me and my brothers. Would, even though I've never really had a good interaction with that bird, that one moment was like very positive. And I feel like that was as funny or as silly as it is, it was definitely helpful, definitely positive. Um, so in my experience, I don't have any pets um, or ever have had an animal. Um, I will say that answering the, the question, I think that depression comes in phases. I think that once you've had one or two phases and have figured out the triggers, um, what sets them off and how to cope with it, it gets easier. Um, I will have to agree with Jake that um, um, I do agree that it's seasonal. Um, it depends on what's going on in life, um, how busy you are, how your daily tasks are going, how you know your structure is. I will, with having a daughter, I think that has helped a lot. Um, when I don't have her, I think I am, it starts setting in, like the sadness. The, so I try to stay busy. And she's kind of like the reminder, be happy, because she's to the age now where she notices me sad. So then she's sad. So I kind of have to keep her busy, have to kind of remind myself, there's no point of being in that funk. Like it's, it's, it's just a feeling, an overwhelming feeling that can take over. But I have her to look at her in her eyes and say, I got her. Like I, I have something to work for. I have something to be happy about. And I have to keep reminding myself that. And I think most people can do that. We just have to get out of that mentality oh, I'm sad, or like I can spend all day crying in bed, because yes, we can all do that, but we have to find that reason to keep going, to get out of it. Yeah, what are you going to do to take the next step? Like, you can, you can be sad all you want, but it's what are you going to do to make yourself happy? Because you're the only person that can ultimately get yourself out of that funk. So, I mean, it's just, what are you going to do to help yourself, in, in, a, in a sense? I agree with that. You know, I was thinking with the pets, having a child is an extra, exponentially higher responsibility and therefore an even bigger drive to move on. Because when it comes to having a child or any family, it's, they have... After a while, there is that support. There is that um, that feeling of closeness and understanding that no other person could really have. Uh, having a fa having a family, or having a brother, having a daughter, having a son, a sister, uh, they know you better than a lot of people could. Therefore, they could easily they could they could help you feel better in a way that a, a friend that you've maybe known for a couple months to a year could which is definitely helpful when it comes to depression family absolutely is a factor yeah i mean but they can help but they don't know how to help you my oh. family doesn't know how to help me through my depression 
they know I'm going through it and everything, but they always like, what can I do to help? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't even know how to help myself. So, I mean, yeah, family's there, you know they're there, but in my opinion and my, with my depression, depression doesn't, they don't help. They're I, just there and they're like, I don't want you to be around. I'd rather just be my be by myself and try to get through it, but in reality, not really get through it. Okay, so since we're talking about, okay, they can't help, what are some things that we can decide for ourselves that we can do? Because like I said, I don't always have Natalie. I don't always have my daughter with me, but am I going to take those two days off and go sit, cry in my bed and be miserable? No. I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to find my drive. I'm going to find a reason to get out of bed. Mm -hmm. So what are some things that you guys have found have helped you? I can absolutely uh, say that when it comes to being in a depressive state, for me, um, as much as people can help, they can get you food, they can play a game with you, as much as they can, that can help, uh, the only person that can really pull yourself out of that stupor, that haze of feeling unsure, a feeling that absolute, I don't want to do anything, is yourself. The only way that you can really fix that problem when no family, no friends can do that, nothing can help that, is yourself. When you find that, hey, I've been laying in bed feeling sulking for far too long, it's about time I did something and at least try to make an effort to ch make a change, a positive change that can help do something that changes how I feel. Um, yeah, but that depends on how deep your depression gets. When I get it, I get it bad, and I just lay in bed. I'm not moping, I'm not doing anything. I physically just can't get myself out of bed. I'm like, I know I have stuff I need to do. I know I need to do homework, I need to go to work and all that. I'll go to work, but I just can't get out of bed. Or if I get out of bed, I'll move to the couch or I won't do anything on the couch, or I'll go to my desk, and I'll just sit at my desk for five hours a day and not do anything, so, even though I'm telling myself I need to do stuff. So what, in your sense, what helps you get out of Nothing. that depression? I just go day by day. Okay, well, let's take a moment to realize that days to lay in bed are also good. You have yeah. to take rest days. You have to say, okay, I have a lot on my plate. I need a... 30 minute, you know, cry, 30 minute, you know, just break or a whole day. It's okay to be like that. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be depressed. But I'm saying we need to find reasons to, to, to keep going, to cope. And we time to ourselves. Skills. Coping skills and time to ourselves. I think that when it comes to doing something like getting out of a depressive state yourself, it's not a it's not magically instant unfortunately as much as we'd like it to be what it takes is time time and effort over time you're obviously going to be feeling bad i understand how that kind of feels you don't want to do anything no matter what fun things you used to do aren't fun anymore the thing is over time if you try trying and having fruitless efforts is different from trying and having fruitless efforts but over time you get more and more effective with that treating uh, the one of the things that causes people to lose themselves to depression is giving up absolutely not just 
not caring about whether they feel good, they get better or not, just thinking that this is it. This is all I'm going to feel. This is all that I'm going to have, which is the, as hard as it might be to say or hear, the wrong thing to do. You can't, giving up is the last thing you should do. And it's the final nail in the coffin in more ways than one. So for for me, I mean, when I, you know, go through my depression stages, um, I talked about my dog, but another thing that, that helps is, is physical activity. So going to the gym, going to work out, um, you know, it, it's kind of for me helping, you know, to forcing yourself to get up and, and go do something makes you feel better once you've accomplished it. Um, I know, like, you know, Paige, I don't know how you, you cope with it. I don't. Um, I don't cope. And that's what I'm saying that now, and I don't cope. And I know that's not good. I went to therapy for three years, and then I quit when I shouldn't have quit. Because my dad died. And then I was like, okay, I'm done, bye, I'm all better. And now we're about to hit two years in October. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. It's okay. I'm very, it's, (laughs) That's how I cope. I don't know how to cope, but I'm used to it, I guess. I've been depressed since sixth grade. One thing is certain, especially with processing a death, of someone so close to you, time is the only thing that can heal that wound, nothing else, no amount of people saying that I'm here for you. You can talk to them, you can vent to them, certainly, but unfortunately, it'll take time and only that to fix that, to fix, quote unquote, to have some bridge over that gap of darkness. It takes, fortunately, time is all it takes, but the drive to become better is very important as well. So, like, when my dad died, basically, it was, just, it was a normal day. Everybody knows the, the Harvest Festival down in Hamilton, right? Mm-hmm. My, I thought my dad was going to be there. He wasn't, but my grandma was there, my mama. And I saw her there. I was like, oh, where's my dad? I was like, my dad here? She's like, no, he wasn't feeling well. I was like, okay, I'll text him. I'll call him when I get home. I texted it. I was about to text him, but I was like, no, call him because I haven't seen him in a while because my parents are divorced. And then my mom and my little sister and I, we went to lunch and my uncle called and we were all in the car. I didn't hear the conversation, but my mom got like really upset. So I thought my uh, mom had fallen and she got hurt because she had a really bad knee and hip already. And so I was like, oh, okay. So then we went home, my mom went straight, like she dropped us off, I ran in the house to get my car keys, took my little sister to lunch, and my grandma shows up out of nowhere. I'm like, oh, okay. Nobody was telling me anything that happened. I had no idea. I didn't find out he had died until three, four hours later, because nobody wanted to tell me, because nobody knew how to tell me, because I knew... I was I was finally okay. I wasn't depressed anymore or anything. So they're like, how are we gonna tell her? 
And I will remember my aunt walked into my grandmother, grandma's house crying her eyes out. And I started cussing, I started yelling. I'm like, what happened? Tell me. And she told me and I was like, I broke down. I actually broke down, I don't cry. And then I locked myself in the bathroom for an hour, hour and a half. I just laid on the bathroom floor and I cried. And then I moved into the bedroom and I just laid there. I didn't move from the bed from like two to three days. I didn't go home for an entire week until I went back to my mom's house. And then I was fine. I, like I said, I, I was texting my friends. They were asking how I was. And I was like, I'm okay. It was a normal day. Dad died. Nothing out of the ordinary. And then that's, and then his funeral came. And then I, I was okay. I was fine until, but like, it was all the family, immediate family for the first hour. So we had our time together. And we all didn't go into the room until everybody was there. I was fine, I was okay. But the moment everybody, the last person showed up and we were walking to the door, I broke down and I like fell to the floor and I started breaking down. So then my mom took me to the chair and we sat there. I stopped crying and then I go back into the room and then I break down again because I had to see him there. And I don't know, that's, it sucks having a parent die so young, but also you're just like, I didn't know how he died. Nobody told me how he died yet. I didn't find out how he died until I think it was after he was buried. Or it was like right before he was buried. Because they they knew they were like, this isn't gonna end well because he died of suicide. So nobody knew how to tell me. Cause I to be honest, I was suicidal for sophomore year of high school, I think it's when it started. I didn't get help till senior year. But like I said, I was, I've been depressed, I've been suicidal, I've had all these thoughts since sixth grade. So it's been on and off. And then I was just like, all right. <laughs> and then, yeah, they didn't know how to tell me. And then they told me and they were like, I was like, Oh, I didn't realize he was depressed. I didn't realize any of this. And I'm like, yeah, nobody knew because my dad was always happy. He didn't show any depression. My dad couldn't even look me in the eye when I told him I was going to therapy for depression and suicide. He couldn't look at me. So I'm like, all right. My dad didn't believe in it. He got mad at his best friend for taking the up and out quote-unquote so we're like oh that's how he decided to go yeah it's usually the uh usually the people who are the happiest yeah who are actually you know hurting inside more than we ever know um i, I know it's nothing compared to what you went through and that, that was tragic um Back when I was a freshman in college, one of my really good friends that I uh, that I ran track with, played football with, you know, we really good friends since since like we were in kindergarten. He um, he committed suicide um, back in in 2016, and I know for me that was that was devastating and really hard to to deal with. Um, and and I just 
I, I didn't know because you know like you were talking about and he was the happiest person on the outside yeah. mine my my good friend was the same way he was always joking always you know happy on the outside but no one knew what he was really dealing with on the inside and knowing it after the fact it, it's hard to to look back because you, you look back and you see the signs you see, you know, the little things that no. that they did. Maybe with your friend, but my dad never showed signs, which is why nobody can understand why he did what he did. Yeah, and it's... I mean, he, he was sick. Yeah, he was sick. But what I don't understand that my grandparents, my mom's parents, his ex-parents-in-laws, they, they paid for him to get a CT scan. So a CAT scan, whichever one, so we could figure out what was wrong, like why he was always sick, why he'd been sick for so many years. And he he had, ta he had gotten that test the day before he died. So he didn't even get the results. So, and, I, and I was like, oh, okay. So we're just like, why? And I, I'm like, this, that's not my dad. I know that because he couldn't even look me in the eye for almost a week when I told him how I was, how I felt. So I'm like, there's like, like what happened? He was he was on Facebook, he was texting people, he was waiting, so he was meeting somebody at the house and then in a half an hour span, something clicked, something changed and I get the news four hours later, my dad died. And I'm like, he my your friend should like if you look back you can see signs. My dad, if I look back, there was no signs, not once. And that's yeah, it's just it's the hard thing because everyone it hits everyone differently. Yeah, I was I was I was like okay, I had my week, I was like I'm fine, and then his one year came up and I was like had my one week again, and now I'm talking about it. I don't talk about it. I don't talk about my dad. I go to a cemetery. I go to the cemetery all the time, like I said. But I just, I don't know. It's a very sad situation, and I truly do give you my condolences. I wish that something like that could have never happened to you. But that's something, these things in life are things that we have to live with very sadly, unfortunately. It, it makes us who we are. It does. Yeah. It, and in many cases, with those who live on, it makes you stronger, especially in a family. The family, everyone in that family was impacted heavily. So that would mean that family needs to be sticking together and being supporting one another. Uh, that is the only way that as a family you can heal because that is just a blanket of effect that has just affected everybody. Yeah, family definitely should stick together after like a tragedy like that. My family, we weren't like that. My family and I split up. I just started talking to my family again on my dad's side. That's good. After a, 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 a five months of not speaking to him, because I was just like, all right. I mean, that's progress, going back and talking to him. It is progress. progress. <laughs> and that's, that's the whole part of, you know, dealing with depression is is yeah you're gonna have those those rough times but how are you gonna get through it you know 
block it out. Don't block it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't block it out. <laughs> so, That's yeah, just what yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Let so, me see where I'm at right now. It, it, that is how <laughs> that is how things get worse. Yeah. So like you you didn't talk to him for five months. Now you're talking to him again. That that's that's progress of, of you know facing it. Because at some point you're gonna have to face it. And and you know that progress of going through it is is the only way. That can help you get out of this because clearly you still are going through it. And yes, you've dealt with it in high school. You said six years, I think you said. Uh, sixth grade. Sixth grade. Um, and like I said, we all experience it in different times of our lives. Sometimes it stays, sometimes it goes away for a little bit and then comes back. So I'm asking you, what is something you can decide to do today to get better for the future? And something I can do to get better in the future is probably more than likely go back to therapy. I should have been in therapy when he died. I never should have quit. But I quit because I was okay. And I didn't let it impact me that my dad died. Didn't really hit until his funeral. So I probably should go back to therapy and then talk to my friends. I have a best friend. She knows what's happened everything talk to her she usually knows when i'm in my bad times she gets me out of everything or like you can call the national suicide hotline or you can dial 988 which is kind of any crisis hotline you can call and then i have my tattoos I have a goofy tattoo because my dad loved goofy and i have a signature that says love you my dad never said it but that's who he was, just like I don't say it, which is who I am. I don't hug. My dad never hugged. Get a lot of traits for him. So I have his his signature that says love you, and then my mom's right underneath. And then I just got that so I can remember him on my forearm. And my other arm I have in progress, with the I being a semicolon. I It just helps me remember that, yeah, I may not be okay now, but in the future, weeks from now, meet tomorrow whenever I'll be okay again but I know it's it's gonna keep going mine isn't season you guys are seasonal some are your guys's in the back of my mind mine's always there it just depends on the day the, the even the weather depends on or it depends on if I think about something that I shouldn't think about like if I think about my dad then it's I know it's gonna be a bad day but you're getting better because you're talking about it yeah, and I don't, the, I don't talk about it. So well, that's good. progress. That's one step. Yeah. Yes. One step at a time. So I really, I really don't talk about it. You guys are probably one of probably not even ten people that I've I've talked to about my dad. So it's progress. It's a privilege. Yeah. I think that this is actually something very good. This is a one of the first major stepping stones for you to really take care of this issue and Probably. at the same time I'm glad and I think this podcast could really be something that you could look back at at the future in the future and just maybe five years from now a couple of years from now you look at this and you see where you were then and you can compare that to where you are now and I hope and I pray that you can say I think I am doing much better than I was back then I think that's a great point, Zane, because that's the whole point of the podcast. Like, we're in one season right now, 
it's for everybody to talk about their seasons and look into the future and then look into the past. Absolutely. And I hope everybody listening to this podcast can find a way through our experiences to improve themselves, to find that path and find that light at the end of the tunnel. But until then, me, Jacob, Jasmine, and Paige wish you all the best. And to those who are feeling truly in need of help and they don't know where to turn to, their local school counseling is one of the best places they can go to your college. You can go to the student services. They can hopefully find someone who can support you in Westchester. There are the uh, therapy professionals there as well as in Ham near the Hamilton campus. There are therapy professionals there. And if you are in need ur of urgent help, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline number is 800-273-8255. That is 800-273-8255. And, and a quicker number is dialing 988 for urgent suicide prevention lifeline help. I wish you all the best. Thank you.